what the heck is up guys it feels like it's been so long it's literally been a week um but hello welcome um welcome to me i i don't know it's only been a week but it feels like i haven't talked to you guys in forever but i'm back now and i'm done with my three weeks in a row of traveling so i can actually think and have a brain instead of just being an autopilot and driving you know um but exciting news. Um, if you don't follow any of my social medias, you wouldn't know this, but I can finally stop talking about merch because, well, I mean, I'm, I'm still going to talk about it. I can stop talking about trying to get merch because I have merch now and it's live and it's on my social media. So, um, I'm I'm gonna be honest, I don't know exactly what the website is called, but if you go over to my Instagram at Crochet and Crime Podcast, all one word, um, the link is in my bio. Uh I know it took forever and you guys have the best patience in the entire world, but it's life and I, you know, yeah. Um it's it's they're super cute. I can't talk, obviously. Uh it's two shirts and then two mugs and two stickers for now. Uh, Matthew designed all of them, so thank you, Matthew. Um, the logo is from my dear friend Lauren. You can find her at Love Lo- Love Lauren Co on Instagram. Um, she's amazing. She designed it all by on her own. I didn't even ask her, and it's amazing, and I love it so much. Um, and I love her so much. So yes, thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you, you guys, for being patient with me because I know that I cannot always do things in a timely manner. Um, yeah also I'm pretty sure that some of you will get your merch before I do because I'm a terrible businesswoman and I didn't order samples before I launched the website so I bought them at the same time that you guys did okay today (laughs) I'm crocheting this like super cool 70s looking top it's just a ton of um half double crochets over and over again so it's perfect to do while I'm reading um so grab your drinks grab your coffee grab your tea wine I don't know I don't judge um, grab a snack and grab your projects and let's get into this. Um, today we're going to be talking about the Butcher Baker or Robert Hansen. Um, and this is another case brought to us by Matthew. So let's all say thank you, Matthew. Um, also right before we get into this, I want to say, uh, that yesterday, um, I'm recording this on Thursday or was it two days ago? I don't know. Today's Thursday. Sometime this week, the cop that murdered George Floyd was found guilty on all three accounts that he was charged with. And while I'm happy that this happened, we also still have 15,000 other names to fight for. Um, So justice is not served. This is accountability. Uh, This is what we need to strive for going on forward. Um, Or, I mean, we just probably should stop killing people too. That that could work. Uh, but rest in peace, George Floyd. I uh, won't say any more on that topic because I'll get heated and then I'll get canceled because I'll say stuff that I regret. Um, but yes, R.I.P. George Floyd. Let's continue. So, um, also, I want to say that I officially am fully vaccinated. Uh, if you don't agree with that, cool. It's my body. Um, but, so no more of the, hey, I'm taking a week off because I'm dying because of the COVID vaccine. But I literally did almost die this time. Um, I had a 102 fever. I was shaking. I could not breathe. It was, it was rough. It was really rough, but you know what? If all this COVID stuff is fake, I'd rather go down in history knowing that I did what I could to save people instead of refusing and thinking that it was all political. Yeah. 
gonna take a drink of coffee after that one and then we'll get into this you know the drill in the 1970s, the Trans-Alaskan Pipeline brought work to the people of Anchorage, swarming the town of oilmen, construction workers, and with lots of dirty men in the 70s, what do you get? Sex and drugs. Yeah. Anchorage was a place where you went to work, um, you, you did your business, and you went home back in the 70s. Um, I don't know about it now. I didn't, I didn't check that. So anything done after dark in Anchorage basically was a secret. No, really, no one really kept tabs on anyone. Um, it's, so it's the opposite of where I live now. Everybody knows everybody's business and it's great. It's so fun. Um, this is why it went pretty much unnoticed when sex workers began to disappear during this time. Uh, all the way up until about September 2nd of 1983. Paula Golding was a 17-year-old who went missing five months prior, and Sherry Morrow was 23 years old, um, and they were both exotic dancers thriving off of the influx of men in their town. But sadly, their bodies were found on the banks of the Nick River by a road crew, along with point twenty two, what, point two hundred and twenty-three shell casings? Um, I don't know guns. It's point two two three. Let's just pretend that I do. Although it was not confirmed that these two had died together or by the same circumstances, the bullets found near them were tested and found to be fired by the same gun. Uh, these ladies were taken far out from the city they lived in and had been hunted down like animals. Spooky. So, before we get much further into the crimes, you know me. I want to talk about the killer and their background because psychology... Um, spoiler alert, the killer's name is Robert Hansen. I think I already said that. Uh, Mr. Robert, here, this great man, was born in Esserville, Iowa, uh, in 1939. He was an old, he was old, yes. Uh, his parents were Danish immigrants and were extremely strict, as most immigrant parents are. Um, they busted their butt to get to America. You're not slipping through the cracks of success. Uh, his father made him work long hours in the family bakery, and his mother was a devoted Christian. In elementary school, Robert was bullied for a stutter and severe acne. <laughs> That's me now! <sighs> Except I'm not gonna turn into a serial killer. Um, yes, he was bullied for his stutter and severe acne, which caused him to isolate himself, leaving no room for friendship. After he graduated from high school in 1957, he enlisted in the army, where he became a marksman, served one weekend a month, and worked in the bakery at the rest of the time. Uh, and guess what, guys? I researched. I did it. A marksman is someone who can shoot 23 out of 40 targets, so basically he could shoot really well. <laughs> like, yay. Uh, when he wasn't shooting targets or whatever, he, um, or when he wasn't shooting targets or baking bread, um, he would volunteer as an assistant drill sergeant at the police academy in the town of Pocahontas. I didn't know that was a town. That's a person. Um, in 1960, he met, fell in love with, and married a local girl who does not wish to be named, uh, so I, I will respect that because same. Um, and I also forgot to mention that his birthday is February 15th, making him an Aquarius which is strange. Um, Matthew's an Aquarius. Yeah. So, and so's Lauren, the one that made our logo. Yes. Um, but shortly after getting married, Robert got bored or something. I don't know, because he burned down the school bus garage of a local high school and was turned in by an acquaintance of his. They said friend, but 
see, there's that thing. It's like, are you a friend if you turn me in? But also, you are a friend because you're telling me, hey, you can't, you can't do that around here. Um, we're just gonna say acquaintance. Uh, he obviously was found guilty and spent 20 months in prison where he was diagnosed with infantile personality, which basically means you're a child in an adult's body. Um, and in, in this time in jail, his wife left him, uh, good for her, but in 1963, he ended up remarrying a woman and they had two kids together. Go Robert? I don't know. Uh, Mr. Robert, sir, couldn't stay out of trouble though, um, and he was in and out of jail all the time for petty theft. Uh, in 1967, I guess he had enough of Pocahontas, the town, not the person. Uh, so he up and moved to Anchorage, Alaska with his family. Anchorage, Robert, meet. Um, he was well-liked by the people in the town and became an avid hunter. And he ended up breaking several hunting records using rifles or a bow and arrow. Eventually, he got bored there, too, because he was convicted of raping a sex worker and attempted rape of someone else's wife. Uh, but, of course, this was in the 70s, so women weren't cared about as much, and he only served six months in prison. But, in 1977, he was imprisoned again for stealing, uh, and then was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and prescribed lithium, which he obviously didn't take. Um, and you could tell by how skinny he was, because lithium kind of makes you gain weight. Uh, but that's just psychology stuff. Okay, anyways. Um, after only a year, he was released and then decided to stage a burglary on his own home. Due to this, uh, he was given insurance money and he opened up the bakery of his own. Hence the butcher baker. Um, in January of 1982, he bought himself a Piper Super Cub Bush plane. And yes, that's the real name of it. Um, even though he was denied a license due to his prescribed medication, he continued to fly it. Because it's the 70s. Again. Um, just to recap the crimes he's already committed. December 7th, 1960, burned down a bus garage, served 20 months of a three-year sentence, was jailed multiple times for petty theft in 1971, was arrested twice, once for the abduction and rape of a... Oh my gosh. No. Abduction and attempted rape of a woman, and then once again for actually raping a sex worker... Um, and then he was sentenced to five years for that, for those two crimes, uh, only, only served six months. And then in 1976, he stole a chainsaw and was again sentenced to five years, which he actually served. So he couldn't serve full time for raping someone, but for a chainsaw, he could. I love men. <sighs> Take a breath. All right. So now we can get into the yucky stuff. Um, the stuff I know you all came to listen to because y'all are freaks, but that's okay. Me too. It is believed that Robert began his killing around 1972 and his modus operandi, or his M.O., <laughs> was to pick up a sex worker, force her to his cabin at gunpoint, rape her, and then fly her out to a secluded area and hunt her as if she was a wild animal before ultimately shooting and stabbing her. Yeah, we need all need therapy after that one. So on June 13th, 1983, Hansen offered Cindy Paulson $200 to perform oral sex on him. Cindy was a 17-year-old sex worker, and when she got into the car, Robert, Robert pulled a gun on her and drove her to his home in Muldoon. There, he held her captive, where he repeatedly raped and tortured her as she was chained by her neck to a post. He ended up taking, nap, taking a nap on the couch next to her. Taking nap. Just taking nap, you know? Taking a nap. 
on the couch next to her, and when he woke up, he drove her to Merrillfield Airport, where he told her that he was going to take her out to his cabin. Um, I say cabin with air quotes because his cabin was really just a, a small shack. He was not that rich. Um, in the Nick River, K-N-I-K, because this is Alaska and we don't spell things correctly. Um, the Nick River area on the Matanuska Valley, um, I did pass third grade. You just can't tell. Um, and this valley was only accessible by boat or small plane. Perfect. Perfect. Um, Cindy crouched in the backseat of the car as her wrists were bound in front of her body, but she saw a chance to escape when Hanson was busy loading the plane, so while he had his back turned, she crawled out of the back seat into the front seat, opened the driver's side door, and ran towards a busy street. Amazing. Wonder Woman. Uh, she later told police that she had left her blue shoes on the passenger side floor of his back seat, so there was evidence that she had been in the car. And obviously, Robert panicked when he saw she was running, so he chased her, but she had made it to 6th Avenue before he could stop her, and she flagged down a passing truck. The driver of this truck, his name was Robert Yount, Yount, spelt like Mount with a Y, um, and he ended up driving her to Mush Inn, where she jumped out of the truck and ran inside to call her boyfriend, who worked at another hotel, um, while the truck driver that rescued her drove away and called police. So, bless this man, Robert. I mean, it was the 70s. You might have been a bad man. Most of them were back then. But he saved her so that, you know, in this moment, he's great. Thank you, Robert. You're probably dead now. Um, when the Anchorage Police Department officers arrived at Mush Inn, they were told that the woman was taken to the Big Timber Motel, which is the one that her boyfriend worked at. So, there they uh, were. They went there. Yes, English. Um... So they went there and they found her in her room, 110, still handcuffed. Uh, she was by herself. Uh, then she was taken to the police department to be questioned about the situation and they got her out of the handcuffs and stuff. And they asked her what the perpetrator looked like. And since Robert owned the bakery in the town and was well-liked by a lot of people, they knew that she was describing him. Um, and when he was questioned, he denied the accusations obviously, stating that Cindy was trying to cause him trouble because he refused to pay her extortion demands. Uh, Robert then had often... Can I speak English for one day of my life, please? That's all I'm asking. Robert often had run-ins with the law, but since he was such a... Oh my gosh, you guys are literally experiencing me having a stroke firsthand. I'm going to try this one more time, okay? I'm leaving this in because I want you to know how bad of a struggle it is for me to record one podcast. Okay, ready? Here we go. Robert often had run-ins with the law, but since he had such a harmless job as a baker, no one thought he could do anything of this sort. He had an alibi from his friend, John Henning, which ultimately kept sending... <laughs> if I end up in jail tomorrow... You know it's because I snapped. This kept Cindy's case cold, because his friend, John Henning, was like, Nah, dude, he was with me. It's chill. That's not a friend. We've already discussed that. Um, Detective Glenn Floth, Floth, I'm not sure, F-L-O-T-H-E, from the Alaska State Troopers, had taken a huge part of the team investigating the discovery of several bodies in and around Anchorage, uh, the first of these bodies was found on Eklunta, Eklutna, 
E-K-L-U-N, no, E-K-L-U-T-N-A road. Eklutna, 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 Eklutna road. (laughs) And due to the body never being identified, this woman was given the name Eklutna Annie. Um, Later in that year, two more bodies were found, which were the two that I mentioned at the very beginning of the episode. Um, Three bodies plus one murder equals serial killer. You guys know the gist. So, Detective Floth contacted the FBI's special agent, John Douglas, and requested the help of a criminal psychologist to pinpoint just who could have done this to these women, um, and if it was even the same person doing so. P.S. That's my future job, just letting you know. (laughs) Um, Based on these three bodies they had so far, the killer would have to be an experienced hunter with low self-esteem, cute acne, stutter, no friends, um, and have a history of being rejected by women. If you have acne, a stutter, and no friends, sadly, women will probably say no to dates with you. Um, and he would have to feel compelled by something in his little measly stupid brain to keep souvenirs of his murders. So like jewelry or a shoe or, you know, you know, you know. Um, using this profile, Floth investigated possible suspects, eventually reaching Robert Hansen, who fit the profile perfectly, of course, because it was his profile. Um, due to Sydney's testimony, though, Sid, Sidney's, Cindy's testimony, in the profile, Detective Floth and the APD got a warrant to search his plane, vehicles, and home. Thankfully, this led to investigators uncovering the hidden jewelry belonging to some of the missing women, as well as a wild amount of firearms in a hidden corner in his attic. It was, like, hidden in the wall. Um, and they also found an aeronautical chart with little X marks on it hidden behind this headboard, behind his headboard. Um, an aeronautical chart is basically just a map, but, like, from a bird's eye view. So it's it looks like the globe, but it's from, like, if you were flying a plane, you know, for aeronauticals. Um aeronauticals did i really just say that and pretend that it was a real thing to say (sighs) but the x's on that map were places where the bodies could be found um except there were more than three bodies there were more than three x's there were more than three bodies so when hansen was confronted with all the evidence found in his home he continued to deny it up until he couldn't lie any longer and that's when he started blaming the women and trying to justify his actions Yeah, they wouldn't have sex with me, so I had to drop them naked out of my plane so they could run and I could shoot them from my plane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Okay, so eventually he confessed to each each item of evidence and admitted to the attacks against the women starting back in 1971. It was now 1983. So let's think about that. Oh, yeah, and his second wife divorced him. I don't think I ever mentioned that. She divorced him, I think, in 83. Maybe it was... I don't know. But he, he she got out of there, you know. Um, but I lost my place, so I'm gonna sing till I find it. Um, Hanson's earliest victims were women between 16 and 19, and they were not sex workers like his later victims were. Uh, and it is assumed that Hansen raped and assaulted over 30 women and murdered at least 17, ranging in ages from 16 to 41. Uh, before I get into all of these victims, I'm just going to say I'm going to mess up all of these names. Most, if not all. Um, 
so just a warning this is not me trying to be disrespectful or anything like I'm gonna get serious here uh I will mess up these names I mess up my own name you you just witnessed me messing up every single word in a sentence so Megan Sioban Emmerich was 17 when she went missing on July 7th of 1973. Hansen denied killing her, but her body was found with a corresponding X on his map. Mary Kathleen Thill was 22 when she went missing on July 5th of 1975 and was also found with a corresponding X, even though he denied killing her too. Horseshoe Harriet was never identified and was around 19 years old when her body was found in April of 1984, but she was assumed to have been killed in the late 70s. Eklutna, Eklutna Annie was also never identified, but she was between the ages of 16 and 20 when she was killed late in late uh, 1979. Her body was found on the, on July 21st of 1980, though. So she was killed just before she was found, basically. Um, she had been stabbed in the back, and by the time she was discovered in a shallow grave off of Eklutna Lake Road, her body had been partially tampered with by animals yucky so rockland no roxanne eastland uh was 24 when she was killed and hansen confessed to killing her but her body had never been found joanne messina was 24 when she went missing in july of 1980 and was found uh in the same month that she was killed missing killed and found all in the same month um and she had been discovered in a gravel pit Lisa Futrell was 41. I think she was the oldest one. Um, and she went missing on September 6th of 1980 and was found on May 9th of 1984. Sherry Morrow was 23 when she went missing on November 17th of 1981 and she was found almost an entire year later on September 12th of 1982. She was found in a shallow grave on the bank of the Nick River and she had been shot in the back but there were no holes in her clothing so this basically suggested that she was naked while being shot and then she was redressed before being buried sick so gross um andrea altieri was 22 when she went missing on september december 2nd of 1981 and hansen did confess to killing her but her body was also never found uh sue luna was 23 when she went missing on may 26th 1982 and her body was found on april 24th of 1984 stripped nude and shot shot to death and delin Frey was 20 when her body was found on august 20th 1985 she was discovered by a pilot who was testing his new tires on the sandbar of the nick river uh paula golding had also been shot in the back then was redressed before being buried she herself was found um or she went missing on April 25th, 1983, at 17 years old, and then she was discovered on September 2nd of 1983. Um, Cindy Paulson was the one survivor of those who Robert meant to kill, um, <clears throat> excuse me, since she, he also had victims that he raped and assaulted and let go, like he didn't want to murder them, but he did want to murder Cindy, um, and she escaped. So she was 17 when all of this happened to her. Um, Malai Larson was 28 when her body was found on April 24th, 1984, along with Teresa Watson, whose age was unknown. Um, Angela Federn was 24 when her body was found on April 26th of 1984 at Figure 8 Lake. Tamara Peterson was 20 when her body was found one and a half miles from Old Nick Bridge on, uh, April 29th, 1984. 
And lastly, Celia Van Zanten was 17 when she went missing on December 2nd, 1971, and Hansen had also denied killing her, but her body corresponded with an X on the, on the map. Ooh, I don't think I did that bad. So, out of all of these women, Robert was only charged with four, four of their murders. Sherry Morrow, Joanna Messina, Eklutna Annie, and Paula Golding. And thankfully, Cindy was given justice and he was charged with her kidnapping and rape. But the other 13 women that he killed, plus the 30-plus women that he assaulted and raped, never saw justice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but once he was arrested, he was charged with the assault, or with assault, kidnapping, multiple weapon offenses, theft, and insurance fraud. So they, they did find him for burglarizing his own house, thank God. Um... He pleaded guilty to the four murders and admitted to beginning his crimes in the early 1970s. He was sentenced by a jury to 461 years plus life in prison without the possibility of parole. So while he did get, I mean, a giant term, those women still never saw justice for what he did to them. Um, Which I just don't understand that because, like, he's already going to be in prison for life. Why not charge him with all of them, you know? Why not make him feel... I mean, he probably can't feel bad, but I don't know. Um, On August 21st, 2014, at 75 years old, Robert died at the Alaska Regional Hospital for natural causes. Like, he he couldn't even feel pain, like a heart attack or something. Um, But, yeah, so he's dead. That's, I mean, what more do you say to that? He's dead. Um... During his trial, he admitted that he targeted sex sex workers and stripped in their, stripped, (laughs) strippers in their mid-teens to early 40s. Um, After soliciting them, he would kidnap them and take them to his cabin by plane, where he would let them live if they submitted to his sexual fantasies, but the ones who didn't were raped anyway, then stripped naked and set loose in the woods where he would hunt them with his point- 233 um hunting rifle after he killed them he would take pieces of jewelry from them as trophies and bury the bodies around the area that they were killed making or marking it on his map afterwards sick chilling disgusting uh so that's really it i mean if you look at pictures of him it's easy to see why he would have been able to get women to come with him he does look like a nice young innocent man with his little glasses and Baker act and all. Um, also, the name Butcher Baker is so misleading. Because, it, like, when you think... I mean, what I think... Did y'all just hear my stomach? Did y'all just hear that? <laughs> when I think of Butcher Baker, I think of, like, someone chopping people up and baking them into cakes and pies. You know? Is that what you think? That's what I think. So why is he named the Butcher Baker? He didn't butch anybody. And he didn't bake anybody. Like, not that I want him to. But, like, if he's gonna have a name like that, that should have been what he did. I would call him, like, the plane hunter. The plane baker. I don't know. Um, He did some really scary, stupid stuff. And that's the case. Um... 
like I said, I never know how to end these things because I just talked about something really traumatic and scary. Let's go to therapy. Let's do that. Okay, um, we're going to schedule therapy. Today's Thursday. Let's do... Let's do Wednesday um, to next week because then we'll all be ready by Friday. I'll be ready by Thursday to talk about another case. And then we'll all be ready by Friday to hear about another case. So, yeah, let's let's start doing Wednesday therapy. Um, does 3 o'clock work for a bit? No, it doesn't work for me, actually. I'll be at work. Um, let's, do, let's do 8 a.m. therapy. Right in the morning, we can all go get coffee afterwards. It'll be great. Um, yes. You guys are great. My heart feels for you guys. Um, you guys are the reason this is all happening. Because you buy my crochet stuff and you give me an audience to talk about this scary weird stuff too. Yes. I'm not good with words. You guys know this. Okay. I'm going to go drink my coffee even though I probably don't need more. And you guys are going to listen to this episode. Well, you already have actually. Um. I don't know what's happening anymore. Lock your doors and don't talk to creepy men, please. And also don't get into the car with some guy that's talking about being a pilot, apparently. Okay, bye.